Welcome to Psychedelic Radio. I'm Christina Thomas, and I'm the president and founder of Myself Wellness. And with me is Charles Patty, chief education officer and brand ambassador. Each week, we'll be pushing boundaries, breaking taboos, and shedding light on the use of psychedelic medicines. We want to share expert knowledge and firsthand accounts with those who have experienced transformative psychic shifts using psychedelics. Journeying with us today is Ed Burke. Ed is a man that spent a lifetime in law enforcement in Chicago. He has had over a decade in the local DEA and narcotics task force. After working undercover, he eventually rose to the rank of chief in the Cook County Sheriff's Office, but ending his career as chief of the Cook County Homeland Security and Emergency Management Office. Along the way, he suffered from anxiety, depression, PTSD, and a major drinking problem and issues with addiction after a life-changing injury that left him in a wheelchair for one year. He had stalian block um, treatment and a host of medications that were unsuccessful. He heard about ketamine therapy and as an alternative, he kept seeking things of kept seeking treatment from myself wellness. It's when he came to us and decided to give our treatment a try. Amazing. I'm so happy to have you on the show today, Ed. It's a real pleasure to be here. So I guess, uh, you know, I would, I guess what I'd love to talk about is, um, you know, you, I guess your treatments and, and, you know, how you came in and, and what, what you felt like before you started your psychedelic ketamine therapy and then moving through the process of the treatments and really like where you're at today and what kind of impact that it's had on your life. Sure. Well, I can tell you this prior to coming in for the treatments, I had tried just about everything from uh, all the hosts of antidepressants, antipsychotics, uh, uh, the Xanax types, medicines, uh, alcohol, uh, 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 other illegal drugs, uh, because I suffered from uh, uh, depression and other things my whole life, going back to my childhood. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, he was a cop for his whole life. So a lot of my problems stem from that. But really, uh, by the time I was in like third or fourth grade, I knew that there was something different about me. I couldn't pay attention in class. Uh, I winged it uh, because if there was homework involved, uh, I just couldn't sit still enough to do it. I, if something could hold my interest, uh, I was completely interested. But unfortunately, school uh, wasn't one of those things. So by the time seventh and eighth grade came around, uh, I was already being thrown out of schools. Um, by the time uh, high school came around, I was in a special school, uh, a boarding school that I got sent to from Chicago to Connecticut. Uh, uh, so my teenage years uh, were very troubling. And during that period at that boarding school in Connecticut, there was a host of different medications that were used on me in the early 80s um, when uh, they certainly weren't using psychedelic medicines, but uh, they were using medicines and making teenagers uh, a science experiment. I didn't like any of them. And then uh, the first thing that happened that I discovered that actually helped me was uh, a little bit of alcohol. And then I discovered cannabis and uh, it was a big no-no in my family. But really for the first time in my life, uh, I, I discovered something that made me slow down enough to see the roses and see things from a different perspective. Um, but at the time, that was something that was completely unacceptable. And my parents weren't hippies. My parents were part of the law and order generation from the 60s, completely uh, what you would not expect. But uh, uh, as a result of that, um, by the time end of high school came, I was thrown into a drug rehab for smoking a little bit of weed. 
Um, and again, it was really the only thing that ever made me feel good. So I was given the choice of conform to uh, society and uh, not use any substances. And uh, that's what I did. And a few years later, uh, a college came along and uh, I didn't do so well in college. And then I took the test and became a policeman. Um, and, and that's where I was still conforming to society. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. Um, and uh, uh, I was I, I was in a 12 step program that they'd introduced to me back then. And it wasn't something that I was comfortable with, but I had a nice network of people. Um, so uh, uh, by the time I was uh, 23, uh, I had been solicited to work undercover in the state police narcotics unit. And it was a task force of guys made up from Chicago and Cook County and uh, the uh, multiple suburbs uh, that uh, are made up of Cook County. There's 128 towns, maybe the size of Cape Coral, if that gives you a reference point. There's 128 of those that surround Cook County. And there was detectives from each one of those assigned to this task force. So at 23, I, I had gone from having a life of uh, some troubles uh, to straightening my life out to now uh, being a part of the, the government and the establishment. And uh, uh, I had been recruited to work narcotics. And that's where problems started happening uh, for me. I really was troubled with some of the things that I was doing. And uh, over a period of some years, uh, I, I developed some, some bad habits with uh, drinking and trying to find ways to relieve uh, the pain from some of the things that I was experiencing uh, in my life. So that was, uh, th that was all the way back to before I was married and raised a family. And, you know, if you want to fast forward, you know, 30 years, uh, now I, I come to Florida, my, you know, I've left a life in law enforcement and I end up in Florida with my wife of, you know, we've been together 25 years and we raised two beautiful daughters and they're away at college now. Uh, but I came here, uh, at, at something that I wanted was time and freedom. And I got it here, but with that came the reflection of my life. And I was really, really depressed and really sad. Uh, and, and maybe justice didn't get me for some of the things, but my subconscious kept score of everything that I had done. And it was my number one enemy. And it was not going to allow me to feel joy. It wasn't going to allow me to feel love. It wasn't going to allow me to, to give love. Um, and it really brought me to a sad place. Um, so much so that, that I, I, was, uh, I was considering uh, not living anymore. And people would say, oh, my gosh, you got these two beautiful daughters and you got this beautiful wife and all these things, of course, that they say to, to think about when you think about those things and uh, all of those things. I always believed in this too shall pass and that I could get through this. And then I met Charles one day by, by chance, by random chance. And then I ran into him another time by random chance. And he was telling me about. Uh, the experience of, of ketamine. And by the way, I, I in addition to drugs and medicine uh, that they had given me, I had the stellene ganglion block. It's an SGB uh, done by the, this expert doctor who is now giving this to all veterans. It's an SGB and it works short term for people that have a simple uh, PTSD, like a, a one time or two time event. Um, but for complex PSD, which I had of a lifetime of traumas and, and then a lifetime of adult traumas too, it worked for a short period of time. But uh, uh, within a couple of weeks, uh, uh, the effects went away and uh, I went and I did it a few times and then I, I gave up on that too. So now I meet Charles and he's telling me about ketamine as an experience. And he told me that it's under the care of a medical doctor and that I should, you know, come in and talk about it and check it out. So I went in and I met Charles and I met Christina and I met uh, Hannah and Jessica and uh, uh, Dr. Ferber 
and it, it was uh, it was a really nice experience, and I knew that I was going to get set up uh, uh, to do it. So within a couple of weeks, I think uh, uh, I had my first experience. And the funny thing is, all six of my experiences, I did the the, the full package. I don't know if it's a package or what you call it, but uh, uh, I wanted to. I, I knew that I was a sincerely troubled man. Uh, uh, that was a good man that wanted help and wanted the ability to love, but I knew that my character was severely flawed and that I needed the, the most amount of treatment that could be given. And that's what I asked for. But the funny thing is all six treatments, I had the same experience. So uh, I, I, like, I, I almost learned what I learned from this on the first experience. And then I kept having it re, re, uh, reinforced which is really what I needed. It's almost like the Beatles song where, you know, all you need is love. Well, they say it like 70 times in the song and most of us don't even <laughs> think about it because uh, we've heard it a million times, but there's a reason that they say it so many times. It's the truth. And none of us have the ability to do it because we're blocked by our subconscious and these obstacles of love and all these things. And when I had this experience, all of a sudden um, it was like my soul got to go on this journey and my subconscious wasn't allowed to come, but the part of my brain that has an understanding of things was able to go for the journey and a journey it was. Um, I, I don't even know how, how I would begin to uh, describe it. And should I stop? If there's a question that you guys have along the way, <laughs> no, shut me I off just, or I think I just, it's so babbling. No, honestly, listen, listen, I want you to keep going. But the fact is, is first of all, I just want to commend you and tell you, thank you for being so courageous. You know, Ed, like we are so incredibly honored to know you and proud of watching the progress that you've made on your journey. It literally is a night and day scenario with yes. you. It like really warms my heart. And like, you're going to make I, me I, cry. And, and listen, yeah. man, I just want you to know, Ed, like, I truly love you, brother. I really do. And I, and I love the fact that, you know, the, these treatments gave you that ability yeah. to open that blockage of, of receiving and giving out these loving energies, man. Yeah. I remember yeah. the first day you came in here, like you were a completely different individual. Like, I don't know, there was really no color left in your face. Like you could just see it. You were in pain at, at, in pain pain, at the man. end of your ropes and just like to know you now, it's like, it's a complete, 180 transformation of yeah. like this individual and it's just it was really beautiful to watch and thank the, you for trusting us. thank you for trusting us and like this this is why i love doing what i do this is like it's you man like you you know like this like seeing you here you like you know you're exuding all of this positive loving energy and you've just transformed like into just such an amazing man not that you weren't but like you know it's just you're just glowing now and and i appreciate your i appreciate you being with us today so if yeah if you want to keep on going man please oh th thank you and and you know i just want to say i spent my whole life trying to fit in to to a world that wasn't my people and it wasn't where i was supposed to be and and I, it just always uh, took its toll on me. So I, I feel so blessed that because of this experience, I'm, I'm not changing. I'm being who I am and I'm discovering who I am and I'm trying to figure out how to make a, a way in this world by being who I am. And I used to care so much about what people thought of me. And I don't know why I was raised in a political family, but I, 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 I was raised, to, I don't know why I cared so much about what people think people that aren't paying my bills and, you know, the people that I don't even know, but I, boy, I want to look good and I want to impress them. And I, I, I don't know why that was. And now I, I have this almost uncanny ability to, uh, you know, this creative side of me has come out and um, like I, I'm editing and making, you know, videos on TikTok now 
you know, and I started that right around the time that I came to you guys. And, and, you know, now I'm making hundreds and hundreds of videos and I'm expressing myself in a way where I had to expose myself to vulnerability right from the start. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't gotten the confidence from coming into the treatment, because one of the things about the treatment that I discovered is that God is within me. I am God. And he let my brain come to a special place. And the special place, I felt like I was transported to like a Buddhist temple and that my that, that it was being created as we went. And it just kept changing and it kept evolving. But it was like, hang on and you can come along for the ride and you might not understand it when you get back. But I've been afraid of the thing that I hated more than school as a kid. And I think you guys get the idea of how much I hated school. I hated church and I hated religion. And I had this father and these grandparents that were just so Catholic. And every Sunday we had to go to church and I hated it. And by the end of mass, my, my brother would be on one side of my dad and I'd be on the other side. And we'd have welts from him, like grabbing our ears and hitting us uh, because we would giggle when the priest would say something that we just thought was ludicrous. And everybody else would bow their head and be like, yeah, because the priest said it, it's true. And even as a young boy, I was like, that's insane. But everybody believed it. And I got my ass kicked for, for questioning it because it's called blasphemy if you question it. And that's a sin too. So all of a sudden as an adult, I'm being transported to a place that is beyond religion, but it showed me that God is within me and not to fear death. I'd feared death my whole life. Yes. I was afraid of everything. The fear just consumed me. And when I went on this journey, fear didn't get to come along. Resentment didn't get to come along. It was just nothing but love. And every breath that I took was a euphoric feeling. The only thing in my life prior to that that ever made me even feel remotely close to that was a couple of Jack Daniels. I used to tell people as a joke on the bar stools that I sat on over the course of a lifetime thinking I was a cool guy. And I'd have the one-liners and I'd say, oh, yeah, there's nothing like the feeling of the first sip of my second double, you know, as I'm on like my ninth drink, you know, <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon, um, you know, on duty, by the way, you know, and everyone knows that I'm a cop. So, you know, the embarrassment and the shame that I brought up upon myself just because I was hurting and I didn't know how to cope. And I had all these things around me that I had to keep it together for. And, and I, eventually I, I couldn't. And now, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm taking on the things that I can take on and, and, and I've made my life real small and, and, you know, I just, I can't say enough about, you know, the experiences that I had from the, this treatment that I had never had before that feeling of euphoria and that feeling of love with every breath that I took in, it was like, if, if breathing felt that good all the time, like, you know, I'd be breathing more than masturbating, you know, it would be like, it would be like all day, but like, what's Eddie doing? Oh, he's in the back shed breathing. It felt so good to breathe, like to be alive. And I didn't know I was alive because I felt detached from my body. The, uh, the experience was a detachment from my body. And like I said, my soul uh, knew where it was going and he allowed my brain to come with it for a short period. That's amazing, man. Wow. Like, I love this. I, this is just so profound and so beautiful. And like, you know, thank you again for just being so honest and open with everything. You know, I think a lot of our... Our, our, a lot of our, you know, law enforcement members and, and veteran community and people that 
might have, you know, uh, some sort of negative stigma about these kind of medicines that they've built up over the years because of misinformation or just, you know, hearing stories that probably were just fabricated or not even true for you to be so courageous and to get out here and share your story as somebody that was in law enforcement and that, you know, worked for narcotics task force. And, and here you are healing with psychedelic medicines or psychedelic therapy. And, and it's just brought you to that beautiful place. The world needs to hear this. The world needs to hear more of this. And, and we need more people like you that'll get out here and share their message with the world because the, the world needs to hear it. Thank you. And I, 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 I'm trying to hold my tears back because I know how many troubled cops that I personally know that don't know how troubled they are themselves. And yeah. it might not occur to them for another 15 or 20 years. But along the way, they're, they're taking on more trauma every day and their subconscious is keeping track of it. And uh, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And if there's somebody that hears it, I, I don't know if there's a lot of law enforcement that hears this podcast, but if there is any law enforcement that hears it, um, and, and I know I had a fall from grace, so I might not be the best uh, example of this, but I can tell you that if, from a person that didn't feel worthy of love anymore, that there is, there is a chance to recover and it doesn't matter what your trauma was. doesn't matter what it was. You can heal from it. Absolutely. You can heal from it. There's a power within us that is so special and so beautiful. And none of us are ever allowed to break that barrier that there's like this barrier that, that gets in between us and that ability to see the truth and to understand and accept love. Yeah. That's a really powerful message. And you know, there is so much hope and it's, it's never, it's never too late to start the healing journey as long as, you know, that's, that's what you want. And you're open and you're ready, you're ready to receive, you know, and, and, and Dr. Ferber actually touches on what you spoke about. He's a true believer that when we, when the, the, when we get into these treatments, it literally unlocks our own healing lover, loving energy that's within us that might've had these blocks that we're holding it back and repressing it. And through the process of the treatment, it takes those blocks away and really allows us to blossom and have our own loving healing energy exude, you know, through our body. So, you know, what you just described, there is something he talks about all the time. I think is fantastic. Hey, you know, the, the strange thing about this too is coming from a guy who has suffered with addiction and alcoholism and things that like I use substances to make myself feel good. Yeah it's amazing that I didn't get addicted to this. Like, like I said, it was like by the first or second time I got it and I understood it, but I, I just kept needing it for the reinforcement, but I didn't crave it. And actually by the third time I was, I was like thinking, well, do I, do I want to keep doing it or not? And I, of course I chose to, because I thought it was beautiful, but like, I, I want to come back into a booster because it's been like six months or something like that. And I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to feel that love again, because in between then and now, like my life has changed. But that ability to feel that that euphoric love and the things that 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 still block us on an everyday basis, I want to I want to come back and feel that again. But it's not something that I want to be addicted to, and that's so unusual for me. 
if and I don't know if you have other patients that have expressed that same or if I'm just, you know, weird guy out. No, I love that you're saying this. And this is actually something that people bring up all the time was like, you know, am I going to get addicted to the ketamine? And like I had the same experience. A lot of our people that have had substance abuse issues or alcohol problems or whatever it was that was going that they were going through. They come in and do the treatments. And it's funny because it like it heals the underlying issues. And then the direct message that we get is like, like, you don't you like this isn't something that you need to do all the time like that. You're not going to like it's telling you not to do it all of the time. It's really getting to those underlying reasons why people are self-medicating with whatever their substance of choice is to begin with. So I love the fact that you touched on that because people need to know that too, that, you know, ketamine can only be addictive if you're using it recreationally, like, and abusing it, you know, on a daily basis, really, this isn't something when you use for the therapeutic purposes, that's going to have that negative impact in your life. Like all of these other substances, which are just covering up the feelings. See, my philosophy is, is all of these other things are just blocking, covering and suppressing things and, you know, numbing you for a while where this is really getting you to work through them. So you don't need to numb. So you don't need to take these other outside substances anymore more. So I tell people the ketamine did the opposite of what any other substance that I had really dealt with in my life before, because it, you know, it made me feel really, really good. But then there was no like, oh, I'm, I'm hung over or whatever, like, or, or like, oh, I, you know, I'm so depressed from doing the ketamine treatment. Now it's the complete opposite. It made me feel like I wasn't depressed afterwards. And it had those long lasting effects that all of the other substances were completely different. Yeah. Sure. And I think the setting played a big role too. Like you, you touched on, you know, people that like do this in their living room and their friends or whatever as abusers. And the, the fact that I came into a doctor's office that by the way, your place is just so cool. The vibe there is, is so cool. And my wife loves it too. Um, but like, you know, you're in a, you're in a, a really sacred space and there's a medical professor, the professional, the nurse, you know, that, that, that's doing the whole thing. And the only thing that I, that I would want to do on my booster it was like a, it was like a flute music every time, you know, I didn't have my own headphones. Like, you know, I, I, I listened to the music that Jessica put on yeah. and it was really cool because it made me feel like I was on, you know, like a, a magic, you know, carpet ride, you know, <laughs> and it was really like a Buddha experience in, in the temples and everything. I'm just wondering if I brought in my own music and I had some Metallica, if that would change the vibe. And I'm wondering if anyone has ever told you that, like, you know, is the different music, does it provide a different experience for you? No, for sure. And what we do tell people is to try to not listen to music that actually has words in it or anything, because when you're going into these disassociated states, it can literally like start to program you with the words that you're listening to. But, you know, usually we just tell people to have like a really nice, calm, meditative music. And then something I don't know if you did try before that, but maybe you could try when you come in is if you actually go in with nothing, no music whatsoever. Silence. The, the silence. See, so like when, when the music's playing in the background, it keeps you grounded a little bit. But when you have absolutely nothing, it just totally takes you, totally takes yeah. you away. Yeah, the music kind of keeps you on a leash a yes. little bit. Yeah. I can see that. So, but I'm thinking maybe the bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love you know, it. It's, it, I'm familiar with it and it's beautiful. And I keep seeing this guy on TikTok who plays some steel drum um, that, ha that has like a, a certain healing sound. And I, and I keep seeing all these different uh, healing tones that are like a certain megahertz or something. And, and I'm wondering if people ever talk about that, because I really believe that sound 
uh, plays a big role in our healing because music in itself, um, when I hear a song, it can bring me back to, you know, right to 1975 and where I was and who I was with. And, and so I really think that sonically it plays a big role to connecting our soul to something. Well, you know, there's a, uh, the, she, she's a good friend of ours. Her name's Dr. Michelle Weiner, And she actually talks about how when people will go into these therapeutic dreamlike states or psychedelic experiences during these treatments, they can listen to a certain song. And they will listen to this song during their treatments. And then like a few months down the road, if you're feeling depressed or if you have some anxiety or something, you listen to that song and it can actually bring you back to where you were during your actual ketamine treatment, which I think is really cool and profound in itself. I'm, uh, I'm definitely down for making that part of uh, my experience, <laughs> because if I can have something that, that, that keeps me grounded and brings me back, although there's one more thing that I want to talk about that was really special for me. I kept ending up at the end of it, right before you come back and you open your eyes and you're back awake. Every single time I was brought to this place that was like the, the waiting room to bring me back to reality. And it was, it was, it was a lot of glass and, and concrete. But the thing that was really special about it was all the Eureka palm trees right on the outside of the glass. Like I was in this very sacred space and I, I have Eureka palm trees all around me that, that I planted 17 years ago. And there's these giant trees and I feel connected to them. So I'm wondering, I, I don't, I don't know the what, and I don't question it, but well, actually, I do question it a little bit. I was like, "Is this where I, is this where heaven's going to be for me? Is this where eternity's <laughs> going to be for 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 the spirit?" I, I I don't know, but it happened every single time. Amazing! That's beautiful. I love it. So, listen, I got a question for you. If you could give a message out there to anybody that was considering doing these treatments, that's kind of stuck on a ledge, or if they're you know because you know you 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 obviously did this with the of healing and you probably had a lot of little stigmas in your mind over the years about these kind of medicines what would you tell somebody that's pondering doing these kind of treatments i would i would say that you know by the time you've gotten here if you're somebody that that is in need of this that the, the self abuse that you've inflicted upon yourself um has been incredible and so if you're concerned about that maybe this won't work well, all the other things that you tried didn't work either. So if it works for you, it's going to be beautiful. And if it doesn't work for you, it's just going to be one more added thing that you've tried along the way. And I hope that maybe you find the thing that does work eventually, if that makes any sense. No, it makes no, complete great. sense. You know, thank you very much. Once again, thank you for being so courageous. We really appreciate yeah. you. And, and, and Ed, you know, your, your, your family, we love you, man. We truly do. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Psychedelic Radio. You can download past episodes for our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or by subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. To learn more about psychedelic ketamine therapy, please visit our website, MySelfWellness.Center. Thanks for joining with us. And if nobody's told you that they loved you lately, we, we do. do. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.